Welcome to episode 13 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey everyone, welcome along. Uh, just letting you know that I did get, manage to get hold of John in the top of the French Hills, so that was really cool. We were using Skype to phone, and the phone line connection, well, quality of sound isn't the best, but it's pretty good. So check it out, persevere with it throughout the show, and uh, yeah, bring it on. Hey everyone, and welcome along to Iron Man Talk episode 13 with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, John? Oh, pretty good. It's uh, late evening in France here. I can't see a thing out of the window. The, the clouds have rolled in for the, the second day in a row. But uh, here's hoping we're going to wake up tomorrow morning for a nice sunny day. Oh, really? Well, I'm to- total opposite. I'm in Hampton Springs, which is a little holiday resort town in uh, South Island of New Zealand. And I'm in bed with my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm committed to this, mate, I tell you. She's been giving me a few funny looks, but yeah, it's all good. I I had to bring the computer on holiday with us. Oh, no. If you like that apple all the way up on holiday, I can't believe it. There's no way around it, so I had to bring the computer. She wasn't too happy about that, so uh, the computer gets hidden away after this. So, uh, but anyway, in this week's show, we've got results from Coeur d'Alene, France, and uh, 70.3 in... Where was it? Buffalo Springs. Uh, age Gripper of the Week. We've got High Five for Buying Running Shoes. Uh, website of the Week. We're going to do a couple, or hopefully get a couple Epic Camp interviews in. And then we've got your questions and answers. Also, uh, we've got an actual race report from Coeur Lane, which is kind of cool. So, um, yeah, so bring it on. So, uh, last weekend, we had, have you heard the results? I've, all I've seen is that Joanna Zyger won, and she uh, crushed everybody, which sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to you're going to have to fill me in on the rest. We've been we're pretty much out in the middle of nowhere, on on top of a mountain in France. So we've got no internet access. So those guys out there who are worried about what's going on, Epic Camp. It's uh, not because we don't want to communicate, but we have no idea what's going on in the world at the moment. So you are having issues with regards to just getting uploading all your information onto the site, are you? Yeah, so the, the second week we'll have a lot of access, but the first week we've really got no access at all. So we're obviously doing this over the phone, and that's about as good as we can get. So yeah, you'll so have to fill me in on plenty of the news, and I'll, uh, I'll add my 10 cents worth in. Well, I couldn't actually find much news this week, but in, rega- in rega- regards to the race, uh, yeah, Zyger won, and then uh, Heather came second. and uh, Kate, Yeah, and Kate Major came in third. So we've got our picks. I don't think we've got the right order, but... Um, yeah, and well, actually, I'll put um, Dave. Dave put a race report together. I'll put it out right now, and uh, so I'll check that on now. You guys can listen to it now. Hey, Bevan and John, this is Dave Remy submitting a race report from my hotel room in balmy Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where the fourth Ironman Coeur d'Alene was held yesterday, June twenty-fifth. I ran in the race, which was my first Ironman, and all I can say is ouch. Uh, but more on that later. This year's Ironman Coeur d'Alene featured a women's-only pro race with a prize purse of $50,000 and 80 Ironman Hawaii qualifying spots. The event attracted major women stars, including Heather Golnick, Kate Major, Katja Shoemaker, Kim Leffler, and Joanna Zeiger. Uh, Joanna Zeiger won the race, coming out of the swim a few seconds behind Linda Gallo, and then leading er- from early in the bike all the way to the finish. Um, she finished in a time of 9 hours and 31 minutes. 
Uh, Heather Golnick had a second straight runner-up finish with a time of 9 hours and 36 minutes, so a little 5 minutes after. And then Kate Major placed third with a 9.41 time. Uh, the Coeur d'Alene course itself runs along beautiful Lake Coeur d'Alene in the state of Idaho, which is in the northwest section of the United States, just east of Washington State and bordering on Canada. It's a beautiful location. Um, I'm lucky enough to stay a few extra days with my family to just enjoy this incredible scenery. Uh, the bike and run course uh, are each two loops, which bring the athletes through downtown Coeur d'Alene, and the start and finish area multiple times, giving spectators great view of the competitors at the swim start and throughout the event. The bike course is not supposed to be very hilly, at least that's what my coach told me. Um, there are two significant hills, one with uh, about 150 meter or 500 feet elevation gain over three kilometers, and then uh, a little bit later a shorter, steeper climb um, with about the same elevation. I have to say, though, on the second time around hitting that steep hill at 128 kilometers or 80 miles, it felt like a hilly course to me. But then again, it was maybe it was the 36 degree or 97 degree Fahrenheit um, heat that uh, I ran into. That, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, the run itself, the run's very flat and beautiful along the lake, with only one significant hill that is at the turnaround and it's about the same 150 meter elevation gain. The big challenge of the day was the heat. I, I heard reports of the temperature being up to 36 degrees Celsius or 97 degrees Fahrenheit on parts of the course, which for most of us made it a brutal day. There were over 300 DNFs and I saw some remarkable carnage along the course. Um, the, the other issue of the day was just the sheer number of people that were entered into the race. Last year's Ironman Coeur d'Alene had around 1,800 entrants, and this year uh, there was about 2,500. And this this resulted in just an incredibly crowded swim start and the first loop of the swim. It, it seems like everyone I talked to had some crazy story about what happened to them in the swim, and there was consensus amongst the people I talked to that uh, had been in Coeur d'Alene last year that the crowding was much worse. Um, also, with the increased number of entrants, it, it didn't seem like there was a commensurate increased number of race resources, like like a bigger changing tents or, or more volunteers, um, although I could be wrong about that. One example, although it's minor, was that they ran out of Ironman Coeur d'Alene swim hats, and I ended up uh, getting an Ironman Arizona cap instead. Despite the crowded swim and some of the other minor issues, the race was well run, and everyone on my little triathlon team withstood the heat and finished the race. Just a quick bit on my own personal experience. I'm a 45-year-old age grouper from Mercer Island, Washington, which is just east of Seattle, Washington, in the United States, looking to do my first Ironman. Uh, I was here with my small triathlon team, the Club Emerald Iron Crew, um, who I have tr trained with for the last six months or so. I, I went into the race with a very specific plan, but as they say, the plan gets thrown out when the battle begins, and that was the case with me. Not to say that the planning wasn't important. It was, it was critical. Um, I took it easy on the swim, which I have to admit was a lot more physical than I expected, and I finished the swim in about an hour and 20 minutes, which I was okay with. Um, then my plan was to take it easy on the bike, which I did, but I still ran into queasiness and cramping problems at around 160k, or 100 miles. Uh, I finished the bike at in 7 hours and 30 minutes, which should be really conservative for me, but um, by that time the heat was really affecting me. I think I ran for about a mile on the run, and then I just wilted in the sun. 
I, I kept up my hydration and electrolytes pretty well, but I got serious cramps. Like I remember at one of the early aid stations at one point letting out a scream when I was cramping that I think it scared, scared myself and the volunteers and the participants, everybody, for about a 1K radius. Um, and, you know, my, my initial run walk became a walk, and at one point I thought I was going to be walking the whole marathon. But as it cooled down, I, I rallied ultimately, and I was able to run the last half of the marathon, which made me feel a bit better about things. Um, my run split ended up being a grueling 6 hour and 28 minutes, um, giving me an overall time of 15 hours and 42 minutes. Uh, Ironman Coeur d'Alene was by far the most difficult thing I've ever done. Um, but the kinship with the other participants who went this, I went through this with is just amazing. And the group of six people that really have just become like family that I trained with, Rick and Carrie and Corey and Linda and, of course, my coach Jenny, were, were all just awesome. You know, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done, but the most rewarding. So I want to say thanks for a great show, Bevan and John. Ironman Talk is great to listen to as I prepared the, my, for my first Ironman, and I look forward to every episode. Keep up the good work. This is Dave Remy, now an Ironman, signing off. So yeah, there's Dave's report. Thanks for that, Dave. It was awesome work. Uh, <laughs> six minutes for report. He reckons it was pretty tough putting a report together in that we're by legends by doing the hour show. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I, think he, I think he put a bit more prep into what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we had a good, good five minutes each time. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, they, they had a men's race as well, and a guy called Chris Holth actually won it. He's, so he's, he's actually uh, he's, a, he's a very handy age grouper. Uh, he, he recently, I think he may have uh, finished first, uh, maybe second at that uh, the Honu half recently. So he's oh, one okay. of the best age group Ironman athletes in the world. So no surprise to see him doing well. Yeah. Um, but he, he's not a pro, but he's a top age grouper. It's interesting he doesn't enter races as a pro, you know, he's not far off the level, I suppose, but each to their yeah, own. Yeah, well, these days a lot of the uh, the top age group guys are just as fast as pros, and, um, you know, if they are if they are working, then, then what's the point? You know, they, they probably figure they want to try and, you know, be winning races rather mm. than maybe finishing 20th yeah, in a pro true. race, and, and what's the difference? Yeah. Uh, Ironman France, uh, Marcel Perez uh, won it in 830. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 8.33. Don't think we picked that one. No, <laughs> um, we got our picks wrong there. But yeah, I was, I was speaking to a guy over here this morning at the pool, and uh, he was saying it was very, very hot conditions down there, uh, and it's, it's a tough course. <laughs> uh, it's a tough course down there, and uh, and so they did well. Fantastic race. Eight thirty-three on that sort of course isn't actually too bad. Fast um, swim times. Really, really Forty-four in the swim. Yeah, apparently the swim was a little, a little on the short side. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. And then, yeah, quite a slow bike, but it was a tough yeah. bike course, just under five hours. And then 2.47 for the marathon, which is a pretty decent run. Yeah. And, and so I think the rest of the guys there, apart from the, the Spanish guy who won, it was pretty much a French-dominated race. It didn't look like there was a lot of overseas pros racing. No. Um, I guess quite a few of them were getting ready for Roth and Switzerland and... Lake Placid, there's just so many races on in the next month or so. Um, the pro fields especially are quite are spread quite thin. Mm. Who, Pharrell, was it? Has it came second? Oh, you, you get the pronunciation right, mate. You've got it in front of you. Did it? I, I don't know. You're the one who knows. <laughs> and then uh, Francisco <laughs> Chabad or something like that. that that's what you're getting, guys. Hervé Favre, I think, was, was second, and then Francois Chabot yeah, that's uh, was said. third. So. Those, those guys are both pretty good. That guy, Hervé, won last year. Yeah. Uh, and Francois has, has had a number of podium places around the world. So 
Well, it was a pretty, pretty close race day. for first and second because um, uh, oh, they came in at eight thirty-six, three minutes, or well, basically two minutes behind. But uh, third yeah. place was eight fifty-three, so it was a big gap between the second and third. So, All right. Yeah. On the woman's side of things, uh, Edith. Oh, bloody hell! They give me the hardest names. Need <laughs> uh, finger or something like that. I don't know. Won it. Put a link up on the site. <laughs> yeah, we might put a link up on the site. Again, the woman's race was actually quite slow. Uh, Eight fifty-six for the winner, and then the rest of them yeah. all over ten hours. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then we had Buffalo Springs seventy point three. Luke Bell came in number one. Simon Lesson yeah. and then Victor. God knows, Zim Zivzava. It's made that bit up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bell won by about four minutes over Lesson. Uh, quite a good time of uh, three fifty four. And uh, that, that's uh, yeah, that's a pretty good comeback. Cause he recently raced Ironman Brazil, so to to, to line up and uh, beat old Simon Lessing, that's a pretty solid performance. He's uh, he's doing doing really well, Luke Bell. So mm. keep, keep an eye on him for for later in the year in Hawaii. He won it on the bike too. He put three minutes on Lessing on the bike. And he was down a minute oh, on the good. swim, yeah, so, yeah, and they pretty much did the same run split. And the female side of uh, things, Natasha Bateman, take it in, uh, Flicker second, and Heather Fuhrer in at third. <clears throat> um, pretty solid racing by the girls, 4.22, which is pretty good by uh, Bateman, and, yeah. Again, she, she's been racing quite a bit recently, because I know we mentioned her uh, winning or coming second in the race a while ago, so it seems a lot of the pros seem to be picking up these 70.3 races and going with them, uh, and then obviously just spending the middle part of the year training and getting ready for Hawaii, so... Yeah, it's obviously a good way of making a bit of money as well. I think uh, if Natasha Badman wins Hawaii this, this year, I think that might be her seventh or eighth title, and she may leapfrog Paul and Yubi Fraser, I think, if she wins this year. Yeah, it's a bit of a bloody legendary effort, isn't it? Yeah. Um, come out this weekend, we've got Ironman Switzerland. I couldn't find the profile for life of me. I just couldn't find the profile for that race, so... Um, uh, does it doesn't really attract... There'll be, a, there'll be a couple of good Swissies there. Uh, Christoph Mao usually races quite well there. Uh, and there's a number of other Swiss guys. I, I'm sure there'll be a few Germans racing as well. Uh, it'll be a solid field. Quite a tough course, quite a tough bike course. They, they swim in, uh, swims in Lake Zurich, and then they do, a, I think, a three or four lap bike course, quite undulating, and then it's a multi-lap run course. And I know last year we had a, a guy from Christchurch racing over there, and it gets very, very hot there sometimes. So... Who was yeah, that? I look forward to talking about that next week. Who was who was that last year from Christchurch? Uh, the guy Chris Leach. Oh yeah, no Chris. Oh, Chris Leach is good. He's a character, isn't he? Um, yeah, he gets around the world. Yeah, he does too. Um, and then we've got uh, Challenge Roth. So yeah, bring it on. And there's quite a good profile of that one. And the men's side of things, we've got McCormick, Al Sultan, uh, Jason Shortis, Pure uh, yeah. Anderson, Class Bjorling, I think, is racing. Class Bjorn? They haven't got his name up here. But no, I think he's racing. Oh, I, so, see. I mean, the thing with Roth is it's a big, big money race and uh, it's a very fast race. The guys are always looking to try and crack eight hours. So what's um, big money? What does Roth pull in? Oh, oh, you're going to have to go on the website for that one. I'm yeah. not quite sure. But it's, it's more than a standard Ironman. Uh, yeah. And it's an, it's an amazing race. It's a race I've always wanted to do. Uh, they, they have a fairly fast swim in a canal and then the road, the road surface is very smooth and it's basically like riding on a Tour de France. They have a number of climbs and they have literally had hundreds and thousands of people watching the race. So you have to go up in single file, which does mean there is a bit of drafting happening. Um, but the guys bike very, very fast over there. So I think it will be a bit of a, a ding-dong battle between, uh, probably between Faris Al-Sultan and, uh, and Chris McCormick. 
Uh, I think uh, Chris McCormick won last year. So uh, they'll be looking to try and crack that eight-hour mark. I'm sure Karen Doe, Kiwi fellow, will be yeah, over there yeah. racing as well. Last year he uh, he rode off the front with uh, Chris McCormick. Blew to smithereens on the run, but he's, uh, <laughs> we do know he's a good runner. And on his day, one of these days, he, he will pull it together and, uh, and hopefully he has a good finish for New Zealand. I remember talking to Klaus about the race and he was saying that there are quite a few climbs, but they go up quite fast and they have quite a long descent, so you get the advantage of having mm. the climb. So, mm. yeah, so it still keeps the bike course quite fast. On the girl side of things, we've got, we've got Linda Granger, uh, Joanna Lawn from New Zealand's Racing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she, she probably did quite well there. Karen Holloway, a um, couple others that I've never really heard of. Um, well, Linda Granger, um, I think, won last year, and obviously Joe Lorne has been a pretty good performer. You know, she's finished, uh, had really high rankings up in Kona the last couple of years, and uh, so Belinda Granger is very, very strong on the bike. Uh, so is Joe Lorne, but uh, Joe Lorne will have a stronger run legs. So if Joe can be close to her off the bike, I'll expect her to take it. So uh, see how she goes as well. Again, it'll be great if we can get a Kiwi, uh, Kiwi on the podium. Yeah, go Joe. Um, so yeah, it's coming up this weekend. Look out for that. We're not going to do our picks for this week because, to be honest, I've been trying to get John get hold of John for like the last four days. Oh, it's been <laughs> stressful. <laughs> I've been ringing his wife. I mean, when you get your emails, mate, you're getting a thousand emails from me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, no, we've got, no, we haven't even got mobile phone access up here, you know. We are really... We're on top of the mountain, it's a 17k climb up or down in three different directions, and there's just nothing here. So it's yeah. fantastic for the guys to, to get away from everything, and there's really no interruptions, so all they do is train. Yeah, it's sensational. Um, we're going to do Age Group of the Week, because John's actually delayed, so he doesn't know when I'm going to do this, so we're going to try to, we'll try to do it together, okay? So I go, one, okay. two, three... Age Grouper of the Week! Oh, mate, we're legendary. Um, <laughs> we're supposed to keep out that word. Um... <laughs> what, am I, what am I saying? Um, I've got. I, I always choose the most stupidest names because I can never pronounce them. But Rafael Schauer from, and this was in Ironman France. And the other reason, I, the reason I chose him was that he got twenty, uh, got fifth in the age group of twenty three or twenty to twenty five, in a time of uh, ten fifty nine nineteen. And that's the reason I chose him because he just managed to get under the eleven hour mark. Which, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're coming into that last bit and you're getting a bit tired and you think, oh, will I make it under the certain hour mark? So, uh, no, I think we all know what that experience is like. So, yeah, um, well done. And I also kind of just thought I'd give Dave Remy a mention here. He's the man who just did our race report for us in Coeur d'Alene. He uh, had his first race as an Ironman and finished up there in 15.42. So, he gets well, age group. Doing, you're, do, you're doing you're doing a double age group. Well, he, he put he's put, he's put the effort <laughs> in, mate. He's a legend. I can his race report was sensational. So, you know, <laughs> it deserves the credit. So go, Dave. You're a legend, mate. And uh, good stuff. Dave sent us an email, which we're going to go into later on as well. So he gets lots of mentions this week. Okay, I'll do a high five by myself because it's stressful for you <laughs> at the moment. I can imagine. So one, two, three, four, high five. So this week uh, we're. What's yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the enthusiasm. Um, so this week uh, we thought we'd just do high five for buying running shoes, and uh, I've pretty much got all the information here. John's, uh, yeah, kind of a way. So you, maybe I'll just say them. You can add some comments if you want. So right. first of all, wear the same socks that you wear that you intend to wear when you run when you actually buy your shoes. So, you know, like if you have your kind of running socks that you wear, don't just go to the shop and use the ones that they have because they may be a different fit to the size shoes you normally wear with your socks. So that's tip number one. Changed your life, didn't it? That one, didn't it? Um, 
buy your running shoes later in the day because your foot is the widest later in the day. And it they're saying here basically that your foot tends to extend by a few centimeters or millimeters throughout the day, and some people's feet can expand by up to two centimeters during the day. So they say that by going later in the day is the best time to buy your shoes because their expansion yeah. is a bit more realistic. Uh, get your feet measured every time you buy your shoes, which I can't say I actually do, but this is the, the wise advice from somebody else. Yeah. Um, change your shoes after every 350-400 miles, which is a really big point um, because your shoe just basically starts to degenerate around that time. and Once your shoes start to wear, you really start to get injuries. Um, you got any comments on that one, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you all the way here. Yeah, but it's so true. I know that I, know that I, I replace my shoes every three months. So, um, religiously, 12 weeks. There's, oh. there's one area that people should spend money it is on, on their running shoes. I mean, a lot of people do waste a whole lot of money on, on buying fancy gadgets for their bike and this, that, and the other thing. But uh, the running, running shoes and making sure you've got a, a good bike fit are the, probably the two key areas that you do need to keep on top of and uh, yeah replacing those shoes when they start to wear is, is a must yeah well I know every 12 weeks and I know if I get to 13 weeks and uh, I don't replace my shoes I instantly start to get niggles in my, around my ankle region and it's like it's just happened all the time over the years and so nowadays I just don't even bother once 12 weeks comes along I just get new shoes so um, uh, make sure you have a finger width of span at the great your great toe and the box so it's basically making sure you've got a bit of a gap between the top of the shoe and your big toe uh, to make sure you've got a bit of movement within the shoe. Um, this is actually tip number six. Don't buy shoes that are too loose or constrictive in width or length. And uh, basically, cardinal sin is don't new, wear new shoes on race day, which is uh, mm -hmm. you've got to run at least 100 miles in them before you should race in them. So it's pretty good. Yeah, tip. I mean, a, a key thing what you're, to mention there is obviously if you're, uh, if you're going to be using the same pair of shoes for training and racing, yeah, I can appreciate that you're not going to be if you may not be wearing socks when you're racing, and yep. so that's going to increase the, the chance of blisters. So it is usually a very good idea to have a racing pair of shoes and a training pair of shoes. What's your thoughts? Not going to be wearing socks. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on um, those really light race shoes for an Ironman? You know those specialised. Uh, you don't want to be wearing a racing flat for an Ironman. You can wear a sort of a. Um, and in between, but, but racing flats, you want to be ke just keeping for, for 5 and 10k runs, you know, short course triathlons, you want to have a, a shoe that's going to give you a bit of stability for an Ironman, yep. and a bit of cushioning. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, well, uh, you can do website of the week. <laughs> okay, website of the week is, I uh, just have to... No, 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 you have to do the other thing. Ah, I've got to do the intro, right? <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Website of the week. <laughs> I was at this party the other night, and we've got my first moment of fame for Iron Man talk because I was at this party, we went out for dinner, and I met these few people, and we're talking away, and and they go, oh hi, I'm Bevan, this guy John, and about a minute later he goes, Bevan, Bevan from Iron Man talk, and I said, yeah, and he's like, oh, he rang his wife, and I had to go one, two, three, four, high five over the phone, and oh, we're making it, mate, I tell you, it was beautiful. Bigger than Texas. Oh, Texas, what's Texas? <laughs> <laughs> bigger than Texas, they're oh, massive. Huge, changing the world. So, yeah, so, you know, I digress. <laughs> uh, so, website of the week this week, I just, uh, just been put me on the spot before, so if you haven't already been there, triathletemag.com. It's got uh, plenty of news on there. They keep it pretty up to date, so we like to give you the news every week, but if you do want it more frequently, 
uh, you can check on there and there's usually some pretty good articles as well. I'm pretty sure they have a membership thing as well, so if you sign up there's kind of better things you get, um, which is kind of mm. cool as well. Um, okay, so what we're going to do right now, instead of doing Coach's Corner because John's actually... Um, Kind of being lazy. Well, probably busy with other things <laughs> is a better way of putting it. But uh, I'm being quite nice to you today, aren't I, mate? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got generous with my offerings. Um, we uh, we're going to do a couple interviews uh, interviews with a few Epic Camp boys, and uh, so yeah, bring it on. We're just going to chuck them all together right now. I'm not sure if we're going to do one, three, or anything because we're actually doing them after. We're kind of in between them before and afterwards, so you just kind of got to get what you're given. But I'm just going to put that in right now. Hey, so uh, we've got Jeff Schult from, where are you from, Jeff? I'm from North Carolina in the United States. Hey, I've been to North Carolina, actually, but enough of that. Hey, um, and you're obviously on Epic Camp right now. How are you finding it? Oh, uh, it's wonderful. For all the reasons I came, the uh, scenery has been magnific magnificent, and the uh, climbs are unreal. Is it really? So, uh, yeah, it's been wonderful. Uh you know, have have learned a few things along the way that the uh, cows don't yield to us. Oh, really? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. As they're crossing the pathways, it uh, makes descending a little bit more uh, treacherous. I can imagine. Now, you've done, this is your third epic camp. Uh, how are you finding this in comparison to the other ones you've done? Oh, they all have unique aspects, but this has been the most spectacular for sure. Uh, this was uh, really a special place, and uh, it's been a great place to come and train. Wow, and what's the kind of like camaraderie like with all the other people on the camp? It's a great group. Uh, it's a real solid group, and we've had a good time training so far. As usual, the, sports, the support staff are great. Gordo and Scott have been wonderful. So uh, I mean, it's just a good group of guys. So uh, it's been real, real, real good so far. And you're on day number. This is day number two. We just finished day number two. Okay, so it's... and uh, so we're early on in the camp. Uh, we hit. Uh, a uh, couple of good, nice climbs, and uh, we have Tourmalet tomorrow, so it should be uh, very challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. How do you find it, being a bit more of an experienced epic camper, you know, you must know what it's like early on to feel really great. How do you find it once you get up to that 10th, 11th day? <laughs> well, it's usually the first couple of days where you see the early guys go out a little harder than you, uh, <laughs> you might recommend. you got a wise head now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They kind of hang into the back a bit, and uh, really don't Try not to do too, anything too crazy until you feel like you got a week underneath your uh, underneath your wings, and then uh, after that you can kind of like let loose a bit. Uh, so it's uh, that's usually the plan, just to try to take it easy for the first week, get your legs underneath you, and uh, put in a strong week. And then generally after that you can when you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, then you can get a little more aggressive about what you're doing for the days. And have you guys got good weather over there? I'm sorry, uh, it's been. Been decent weather. Uh, <laughs> had a little bit of a uh, little bit of rain, and <laughs> and uh, fortunately we climbed the right side of the uh, coal uh, today. It was apparently hailing on the other side, but we had good weather. Oh wow, uh, well, lucky. So hey, well thanks for your time, Jeff, and good luck. We might catch up with you later on in Epic Camp. Sounds good, Bevan. Thank you. Cool. See you later. Okay, so John's actually going to take off now because uh, good old John's. Why you got to go, mate? Tell me why. Crime well, shortly. this is day at Epic Camp. It's uh, just—it's probably harder being the support than uh, than the athletes. And tomorrow, I'm actually going to get off my my lazy bum and be on the bike. So I've got to get everything ready for tomorrow. I've been up since about five this morning, and it's now coming up to sort of half past nine. Yep. Um, so I've got to get the food ready for the guys in the morning, and we we get up again nice and early tomorrow. Tomorrow is a very very big day. So for you junkies out there, we're um, 
we're starting up on the top of the coldest law, which is where our, our chalet is. We bike down the hill and we have a swim in a lake for about an hour. And then we continue on biking and we bike over the colder uh, tourmalade, which is the biggest uh, biggest pass in the, in the Pyrenees. We go, it's about 2,100 metres, over 20k of climbing. And then we come down the other side and we go up one of the other famous climbs, Lizardi Den, uh, which is up to a ski station. Again, very, very well used Tour de France route. And then we come down that hill and then we come up again the coldest floor. So we've got three major... Um, passes to go over so uh, we're all going to be pretty pretty jaded by the end of the day so that's why I've got to go Bevan that's, that's my excuse for this yeah, week it's, it's week mate it's week <laughs> 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 so the show's going to be a little bit short I'm just going to talk about a couple of the emails in a minute but um Good luck, man, and have a good few days. We are we basically are going to get back in contact with John until Saturday because he's um, he can't really get the internet and it's pretty much impossible. But once Saturday comes along, they've got the internet really good, haven't you? Wicked. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. be I'll be ready to ready to talk a bit more next week. And we'll have some more interview for you guys. So, you guys, you have a good day, mate, and uh, catch up soon, man. Okay, you too. Sweet man, see you. Hey guys, so I'm all by myself right now and uh, I'm just going to go over a few of the questions and emails you guys sent through to us. Now, I'm not going to do all of them through the last week because uh, John and I will cover those together next week and uh, I'm just going to cover a couple of them right now. So, uh, Rob Park, Barker, your uh, question about cramping we're going to cover next week, but I got sent a, uh, a link to an article by uh, Jack about, oh no, by Pete actually, by Pete about... Chris McCormick getting his bike stolen the night before the UK 70.3. He got stolen the night before, and he managed to get another bike, which wasn't wasn't really fitted for him, and it was there's lots wrong with it. And he managed to still come through and have a legendary ride and win the race. So uh, that's pretty awesome, really. He managed to kind of uh, win the race based on that, which is yeah, a pretty good effort, if you ask me. Um, Jack sent me a link through to uh, a movie a link type of mp4 i think it was and i won't seem able to open it so jack could you send it through to me again um and then this is another thing by uh dave remy the guy who did the race report at Coeur d'Alene. dave remy had um he initially sent me an email regarding his training or his race plan and now he's got a website which is um dub 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 oh i'll put it on the show notes eventually but it's honestly, it's such a really great race report or race plan. He's so thorough in his detail and he's got tick boxes for everything he goes through and it's a really good example of how you can do your race plan. So um, I'm not going to be actually putting the show notes up until the end of this week because I'm having my romantic week with my lovely partner. So, um, you know, this is once the show's done today, I'm not going to be spending any more time on the website. So the show notes probably won't get up until Sunday New Zealand time. But when they do go up, make sure you make a point of going and check out Dave's race um, race plan because it's just it's a really good example of he really thoroughly covered his plan and so check that out and he covers the things that you need to do your checklist for the race and then things the nutrition plan and stuff like that so check that out. Uh, Dave also gave me a bit of bit of bit of crap because uh, I keep supporting Apple and he's actually a Microsoft developer so yeah I kind of maybe should back off on that one a little bit. Um, Matthew's asked, Matthew, a new question for us, and it was a bit about who's going to be the next generation of Ironmen coming through, now that someone like Reed and Boom and Brown are getting on a little bit, where are the next generation coming from, and you know who are these people going to be, and again, I think we'll just leave that one to next week, Matthew, so maybe you can give us another question, Matthew is our questioner of the, you know, he's a legendary questioner, so if, um, yeah, if you want to give us another question next week, challenge us, Matthew, but if not, that's cool, we can understand. And uh, Sean, my mate Sean from Christchurch, sent me a link through 
um, regarding this article on Fox Sport, and it was basically, it's an article about Viagra and how it's been proven that Viagra can enhance a rider's performance, particularly in the hills, by up to 45%. And um, they're saying how there was a cyclist... Check this article out. It's absolutely unbelievable. And just that, yeah, and Viagra isn't actually a banned substance yet, and so it could be abused. Now, there's some funny implications that could come alongside that, and I'm sure there's a few jokes that could uh, be pulled out, but I'm just going to control myself on that one. And uh, so, yeah, check that article out. Again, that won't be on the website until later in the week, but it's a bit of a laugh, and it'll be one of a laugh that you can have with your cycling buddies when you're out training. Um, while I was at that party the other night, I mentioned to John a few minutes ago, uh, I met John, and... Uh, he sent me a link through and he told me about his wife was a big fan of the show and his wife's name is Emily Pritchard and they are a part of the Rats and the Rats is uh, the Rotorua Associated Triathletes um, and it's just, yeah, it's basically their local club and they're big fans of Ironman Talk so go the Rats, that's what I say and uh, go Emily, bring it on. Emily's the person who I had to do the one, two, three, four high five to on the phone the other night so it was a bit of a laugh. Um, so yeah, and I also got a an email from someone from the Pirates again, and they were impressed with my last week, so that was quite exciting, I was quite happy with that to be honest, and uh, yeah, so other than that, it's pretty much the show this week, I know it's a pretty short show, but uh, with John being overseas and me being on holiday, it's a, I was kind of pretty much just whip it together and see what happens. Uh, we will be back on track on next week, and since they will have the internet connections, over in France, we will be doing a lot of interviews. We're hoping to get, you know, obviously the big wigs of Scott KP and Gordo and John, you know, really having some insightful interviews with those guys. And we're really going to be looking at more of the advanced athletes with regards to those guys. So I know that a few of you out there who are a bit more advanced are really looking for that type of information. So since we're going to have those guys on, we're going to look to really interview them in a way that's probably a bit more focused on the advanced athlete. Um, and it will be a bit based on Epic Camp as well. And then we'll spend some time talking to some of the athletes on the camp. It will be their second week, so they will be quite a bit tired. And we can just really figure out, you know, talk to them about the experience that they have. Haven't really looked forward to that. So that's pretty much it for this week's show. Um, the show notes won't be up until later on this week, probably Monday uh, or Sunday New Zealand time. And if you want to email us, you can email us on ironmantalk at gmail.com any questions regarding anything about Ironman, plus if you have any questions that you want us to ask any of the Epic Camp guys, you know, definitely they'd be great to have those questions coming through as well, so feel free to do that. If you want to check out John's website, it's www.triathloncoach.net, that's one word, Triathlon Coach, uh, regarding any coaching that John could provide for you, and uh, anything else you have any problems with, give us an email. Other than that, get out there, train well, and we will see you uh, quite a lot next week, hopefully. See you soon. Bye. Train well.